Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand this morning? So good. Can we give the worship team a hand too? We appreciate new songs. That's all right. We like it. It helps build us up. So today's just a new day. We got a new song. We got a new speaker. It's me. You're stuck with me today. All right. So we'll see what happens here. We're excited here this morning. Those of you who don't know and those of you watching online, my name is Micah. My wife's Caroline. We're here at the church. We've been here for a long, long time. My parents have been here almost from the very beginning, being part of this work here. They might not per se be the hippies, but they were part of the friends of the hippies. All right? But they were hippies too. But uh, So we're going to get into that a little bit and everything. But I've been here from the beginning, so it's been a long time. And it's just an honor to be here today. And it's just... Just disclosure, my style is a little different, all right? I'm not a pastor, straight up claim right there. I'm not even really a preacher, but I love talking one-on-one with you. And today I can pretend you're one person out there. And we're going to have a little coffee chat. And we're going to sit around, we're going to have a great time, and just go over stuff that I've learned, what God's done in my life. And so I'm just going to get ready for today. But I'm going to pray here before we sit down. But God, we just thank you for this opportunity to come together. God, we already had such an awesome time of praise and worship. We already had some exhortations that have already just changed the atmosphere. And God, there is a need here today that needs to be touched and be heard. And God, I'm thankful to be that vessel today. God, bless this word. Bless the family here. And just be with us today as we go about our week. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. It's going to be fun. Let's have a blast here. I want to start with a quote. All right. And this guy is Kevin Harney. Uh, It's a a guy that uh, does organic outreach, and so this is what he says. As long as you are spreading gospel seed and watering wherever you go, God will be honored. Your job is not to guarantee results, but to scatter and water. All right, where are we going with this today? So Pastor Matt asked me to share a couple weeks ago. He's like, hey, I need you to cover. Can you preach? I'm like, yeah, sure. He goes, I want you to teach on family, faith, or whatever. So naturally, I picked whatever. <laughs> um, it's because I, I was like, I don't know what to call this of. But my sermon title is, Are You the Carrot, the Egg, or the Coffee Bean? I'm grasping the whatever theme. I just took it and ran with it. And I was like, all right, God, this is awesome. But So those of you who took life groups in the early summer, you've already heard that story. And so that's all right. You can hear it again. It's powerful. But this is just the diving stone for it. And I guess we're moving on with that. And so Kevin's quote is, It is not your job to guarantee results, but to scatter and water. Today we're going to talk about outreach. My whatever has become more focused, all right? So don't worry. I'm not going to be doing a shotgun and talking A through Z and every gospel point out there. We're talking about outreach today. And my lead verse today is 1 Thessalonians 5.14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, and be patient with all. Warn Comfort, uphold, be patient with everyone. Everyone. We're not talking about our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're talking about everyone. And I did co-workers, family members, neighbors. It's a rough batch out there. I know it. I'm believe me, I'm out there with you guys. This is just something that God's shown me in my life. And it's just something that we've been dealing with. And so this is what we're going to work on today. And so I want to dive into the best example ever is Jesus Christ. And we're looking at Matthew 9, 10. Through 13, it says, While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him. 
I'm going to explain that one line. Keep that up here for a little bit. Why did they state tax collectors? Why did they just say it's all sinners? Like what? I mean, is that the IRS? No. No. All right? They're not bad. So tax collectors in the day, this is during the Roman Empire. All right? They oversaw the area. But they hired Jews, someone from their own nation, to text classes on behalf of them. So you already are like, kind of considered a traitor. It's like, man, you're working for the bad team. On top of that, if you're a tax collector, you took a little bit off the top. You added a little extra. So not only you're a traitor, you're a thief. And so, and these are your own people. So it's like, man, you're supposed to be my team. You're the same nation. So he wanted to make it clear that they were hanging out with the traitors, the sinners, those who are, 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 are taking and thieving for you. He wanted to make sure every area was covered. And so we continue on. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples, why does your teacher eat with these types? On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy he needed a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. That's our job. Jesus is the example of how we're supposed to be today. Our job is not... um, Sorry, for I have not come to call righteous, but for sinners. That's our job. We want to find the sinners out. We want to be in their atmosphere. We want to be in that influence. We want to be in that circle. This is something which has really been on my heart. And so as we're reading this, I can only imagine, we think of this, when we look at the Bible, we're like, oh, we have God's disciples, or Jesus' disciples. We always automatically think he picked a ministry team. These disciples were not saved the moment he picked them. They're out there fishing. I mean, Peter and Andrew are out there fishing. I'm sure they had that bad fishing day. I'm pretty sure they talked like sailors a little bit. You know what I'm getting at? They were having a bad day fishing, but Jesus called them out. He said, come follow me. When he talks about, he called James and John brothers. I can only imagine. I can see Jared and I, my brother. We weren't always in the best of mood. We, they're probably out there wrestling. He's like, hey, you two, come follow me. I'm going to change your life or going to change others. We automatically think like these were the best robed people in the area. No, these are people Jesus called out and said, I want to spend time with you. You're going to spend time with me. Let's change this world. And that's what we're here to do. We pick them out. Man, all right, you, we're going to watch a football game together. You, let's go watch a soccer game. Hey, you want to come over and have the kids together? Let's mingle. Let's hang out. Let's change the world together. And that's how Jesus was. He started picking out and feeling out the crowd. It's like, let's get together and fellowship. And this is what I really want to encourage you guys with. And I can only imagine some of the first disciples there, and all of a sudden Jesus talks to Matthew. He's like, really? The tax collector? The traitor? Now he has to hang out with us? And I'm pretty sure Matthew stood there, and the rest of them stood over here. Like, okay, you're with our group, but you stay right there, traitor. I don't want to be next to you. And I think after a while, when they saw Jesus' relationship and saw how much he was encouraging, how much he was included, I'm pretty sure they're like, Matthew, come here. Watch what happens next. We already know what happens when he lays hands on these people. I already know what happens when he walks in this room. You're going to love this part. And next, you know, they become a team. And they become a brotherhood. And then these 12 people help change the nation. And now we are lives here. And so we want to be like those people. We want to start including those around us who may not be wanted or may not want to be, who the world would include. And so we can make a huge impact with those lives and change this city here. We could change our neighborhoods. We could change our schools. We can change our workplaces. Um, don't get hanging with the world mixed with conforming to the world. I just want to make that clear. There is not a problem 
with hanging out the center. And I know this is online and people are like, okay, am I the center or not? It doesn't matter. All right, I'm teaching right now to the church here and those who are listening to that. But we just want to make sure we make it clear because like, I can't hang out with them. They'll rub off on me. I'll pick up the attitude. No, if you're walking in Christ, you're not going to pick up the attitude. You're going to deflect that attitude. They're going to pick up your attitude, hopefully. And hopefully it's a positive one. I've been there a couple times. They're like, man, you're so positive right now. And we're having a tough time at work. And I'm like, guys, I, this stinks, believe me. But I'm just going to keep smiling. I'm going to do my job. And next thing you know, you could change the atmosphere in your workplace. We'll get on that here a little bit. But um, 1 Thessalonians 5.11, just the beginning part. I know that he's talking to the church. but This isn't limited just to church people. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another. I think that's our job all the time. It doesn't matter who's in our surroundings. We don't understand. My neighbor, he's... He's rough. He, he's, he's one rough dude. All right, acknowledge him. Comfort him. Edify him. Hey, dude, your yard looks awesome. Well, you don't understand. I, I'm pretty sure he, he has marital problems. That's all right. Break the atmosphere. Just compliment him. Hey, reach out to him. Let him know you're there and that he's breathing. They just want to be acknowledged half the time. Let them feel like they are needed. How can we comfort and edify? Open your home. Uh-oh. We're letting people in. Make room at your table, share some food, and watch what a difference the atmosphere will change when you allow people to sit with you. It's crazy. How excited are you when you get invited to go to someone's house? It just feels good. Like, man, they had me over. We had spaghetti, something simple. We had pasta. We had salad. Maybe it was just grilled cheese, but it doesn't matter. It just feels good to get invited to hang out. And you're like, man, why? Why does that feel good? Because it shows the person has sincerity. They're involved. It shows that they vested an interest in you and they're committed and it shows they view you with value. And the moment that happens, walls are broken down. And then you start getting into these little conversations, little tiny tidbits of information. And then it's not that you're giving the gospel A to Z, you're showing Jesus through your life. You let him in your home and let him feel an atmosphere. I don't know how many times I've invited people over and they've been sitting there and they're like, there's something different about this house. I'm like, yeah, we have three kids. Like, no, 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 no. It just feels different. Like, yeah, it's coffee brewing. You're smelling coffee. No, it's just in the atmosphere. When I watch a football game, it's not the same. I go to other person's house. All right. That's the love of Christ. We just love on you. We want to feel part of the family. We want to feel included. And so that's what happens. We let people in. Here's a quote. And this might deserve some fire emojis if you're online. There's generosity in serving a meal, humility in receiving one, and fellowship. In other words, that's identifying with one another, and eating together. It's something powerful that happens when you invite them in your home. And I understand. Well, if they're in my home, I know they know I'm a Christian, but they're going to see, see me in my sweatpants. So what? They're all human too. Or they're going to see me at the bad hair day. Or they're going to see me in the backyard flip-flops on and, and a, a, a frumpy T-shirt. Or they're going to see like all the movies I like to watch. And I don't want them to knowing that I don't watch ungodly movies because then it's going to be like, well, why don't you watch these? It's... It, I'm just being real. We go through this in our head. All right, I'm kind of being silly a little bit, but we do this. We, go, we make up all the excuses. Oh, they're going to see that I only like apples and not oranges. <laughs> okay, believe me, there's a lot more fruit of you people out there than just you guys. All right, so it's just, they're not going to start judging it that way. And so just make sure you're not making excuses not to allow someone in your house. Just make excuses why they should be in your house. Make that availability happen. You know, in Jesus' day, um, they ate as family. And so for a fact that Jesus would sit with prostitutes, with sinners, with traitors, with tax collectors. It was mind-blowing because he didn't do that back in the day. 
That's not how this generation wor- that generation worked. And so he was saying, hey, this is who I need to reach. This is who needs my help. This is the ones that are hurting. I think we should start thinking the same way and start acting the same way. It's like, let's start inviting people over and let's get creative. I'm not saying you have to do this all on your own. I have no problem inviting another Christian family over. I'm like, hey, I want to invite another family over. Let's tag team. Let's show them what it's like raising kids in godly atmosphere. And we've done that several times. I once, we had the peaches over. This was a couple years ago. And uh, we, I already said straight up, I'm inviting another family, co-workers from, from work. Don't really know where they stay and everything. Let's have a great time. We had a blast. And to this day, we still have great relationships. And it's something that's like, it's okay to have fun. We're like, oh my gosh, I just, I just laughed with a sinner. We had so much fun. We made memories. It's like, now they think I'm one of them. At the same time, this person's like, oh my gosh, that family's so awesome and we had a great time. They're not really weird, they're human. And so we make up this stuff in our head. And I know I'm kind of being sarcastic, but that's what we do here when I talk on you one-on-one. We're sitting here having coffee on my couch back 30. We're having a good time here this morning. And so I'm making it simplified because I like to be humorous too a little bit. And just, this is what we go through our heads. And so we're going to share on. Um, you know, at the time when, when Jesus chose to eat with sinners, um, it's because he knew repentance and forgiveness were available. That's the only way he can get it to him. How else are you going to get repentance? How else are you going to explain forgiveness to him unless you're hanging out with them? I can post all I want on my social media, but we know how fake that is. They need to see it on you. They need to see it in your face. They need to see it in your home. They need to see it in your backyard. Some of you guys have taken an opportunity to stand away from your backyard and watch the view, and what do you see? I hope they're seeing the love of Christ. I hope they're hearing the gospel message. I hope that they're sensing something out there. And just as powerful today is, we're jamming out here, we're doing praise and worship, we're getting a teaching. I think every day of your life you should be expressing the same thing. You should be praising God. You should be worshiping him in, in your conversation. I'm not saying sing a, sing a full song to them. I'm not saying get out a three-point sermon. I'm saying they should be hearing what Christ has done in your life. They should be hearing you acknowledging him, praising him. It gets a little tempting. Like, man, they always talk about this Jesus guy. They always talk about God's in our life. Prayer must be working. Look what's happening in that family. And it kind of just leaves little tidbits here and there. And it keeps building up and building up and building them up. As Jesus' ministry grew, so does popularity with the outcasts. It's okay to be part of that. Let them spread the news. Hey, come over to this house. They'll give you free coffee. And the guy's funny. And his wife is an amazing cook. And the kids are hilarious. But there's something different there. Let the word spread. Let it get out. We need to show grace before a sinner even repents. Let me say that again. We need to show grace even before a sinner repents. You know, you can forgive. And there's some sinners out there, they've hurt us straight up. We've been insulted. We've been let down. But we need to show grace. We need to acknowledge, hey, you know what? It's in the past. Let's move on. They're going to be like, what are you smoking? Because no one does that. All right, they always say, you got to bring up the past over and over again. How many times we have teaching here, the past, keep it back there. Keep it outside the camp. I'm not going to do Brother Wayne's example of outside the camp. We all know what he's talking about. Keep it out there. Just move forward. Be an example and show in love. Sharing to non-believers should be natural. And this is one way I kind of hit on here a little bit. We make it kind of rigid and choppy, and um, we kind of think it's a turn or burn conversation, and we're done. We think A to Z. All right, I'm going to talk to you about in the beginning of Genesis. We're going to get to Revelation. And in 30 seconds, I'm going to give you a prayer. You're going to put up your arms. You're going to walk away. The thing is, you get halfway through the book of Genesis, you already lost them. And next thing you know, they're kind of frustrated. You're like, what are you talking about? I was like, Adam and what? It's like, these Apple things, I'm just not getting it. And then we get frustrated. 
And then we kind of put ourselves down. And then we get all like, this isn't working. Why am I not doing this? It's because they haven't seen your life first. Let them hang out with you. You know, we think there should be, there are instant salvations. And I'm truly acknowledging that. And I know there's breakthrough opportunities. But I think there's also, we've seen in Jesus' example, he just spent time and time and time and time. It sat at this house and sat at that house and talked in this field. You know, those 5,000 men that showed up, plus the women and children, or 4,000, sorry, it doesn't say they're all saints. It was the community. It was those around him. He just spent time and time. It talks about in the Bible. It was like after three days, he goes, I think they might be hungry. I think we should probably get them a lunch. This is days he's spending with them. It wasn't instant salvation. It was time. He was investing in it. He was sharing as the opportunity came up. And so I think the same way. You know, if we had to have someone over for dinner, a sinner over for dinner, maybe every other month for three years, and if we already knew the answer and the third year they get saved, we'd say it's well worth it because we already know the end result. But we don't know the end result. But that's okay. So maybe it'll take six years. Maybe it'll take nine. Maybe it'll take three weeks. It doesn't matter. But don't be shocked. What, two football games? Watching a wrestling match? Having a spaghetti dinner? Having a play date with the kids? uh, And maybe just going for a walk? Don't be surprised if after that you start seeing a change. But can you sacrifice those times? We just make them include in your family time. That's what we do. Hey, we're going to the park. Do you want to go to the park? We're going to hang out at the park. Hey, we're going to walk the dog. Do you want to come walk with us? Hey, tonight we're doing a roast. We have a little extra meat. Do you want to come over and join us? Bring a side dish. I don't care what it is. Whatever it is, we'll eat it. Just make time for it. Let them be part of your everyday life. Let them see what it's like. A lot of times when we get embarrassed because we think everything should move from A to Z, we kind of, in the beginning, we're so pumped. Let's have this great faith. And the moment we hear there's a need, like, I'm going to lay hands on you. All right, let's see what happens. Nothing happens right away. So the next time you get this regular faith. All right, let's pray, but we're outside the parking lot. Um, let's pretend we're talking, all right, so people don't see what we're really doing. And then that doesn't work. And a little bit later, time goes on, and then you decrease the little faith. And you're like, you know what, bro? I'll say a prayer for you. We're just going to right here, but I just want to you know, you're covered. All right, good luck. And then it comes minimal, and we don't see results, and it just becomes, I'm going to pray for that guy later when I get back home. You don't even acknowledge it. But the truth is, we, we are being tricked by Satan. He's getting in your mind. It's not working. It's not working. But you have no idea the impact is every time you're faithful to lay hands. You have no idea how much it is when you speak straight up to them. They want to hear that. You know, I, p- I picked some of the roughest guys at the gym, and I walked out in the parking lot. I was like, all right, dude, I heard your whole story, and yeah, you are probably doing wrong. All right? You got big attitude issues. You hate people around you. You're blaming everyone else. But can I just pray for you? They'll look for two seconds and be like, what do I got to lose? That's what the one guy said. Another guy said, it's about time you pray for me. They were waiting for it. They were waiting for it. I was like, oh, my bad. I've only known you for two weeks. Jeez. I was just like, but it was like, but every time they'd never push it off. Like, yeah, sure, absolutely. And we would cry in the gym parking lot. Tears flowing down. All right. It's okay to pray for a sinner who's doing something bad. The guy's situation was he was has his girlfriend who has a baby, but he's cheating and sleeping with another woman. And he's like, I just don't understand. Everyone's mad at me. Can you pray for me? Oh, my gosh. What am I going to say? <laughs> so I was pretty clear. I was like, you know what, God? This brother needs to feel pure love. He needs to feel your love. He needs to feel your comfort. He needs to feel peace. He needs to feel joy. And God, right now, I pray you give him wisdom. I wasn't correcting him right now. I wouldn't even take that advantage. And I see even said at night, God, when he lays in his bed, and he's thinking about things. God, I pray you would just bring peace to him and clarity and you'd show up. 
I got done praying. He looked at me. He goes, well, you didn't pray for my girlfriend. I'm praying for you, bud. I'm praying for your situation right now. God's dealing with your heart. And it was like, what about my other girl on the side? What about her? All right, we'll pray for her too. God, please touch her life. Whatever she's going through, she needs to hear from you. She needs to feel you. And she needs to know that you're true in love. God, I, I challenge that girl to cry out to you. The guy's like, what are you doing? I'm like, we're praying for her, aren't we? He goes, all right, but I want her to love me. And I'm like, this has been real. This is the exact conversation we had. He's trying to correct the way I was praying. I was like, bro, you want me to justify the relationship you have? And I can't do that. All right, but I can speak love over your life. I can speak faith over your life. It's funny. At first, I thought was, he was real insulted. We kind of left it there and all that. That night, he texts me. He goes, dude, you're awesome. He goes, thank you. When I meet next time, can we pray again? And I prayed almost the same way again. He's asking for prayer. It opened the door because I was faithful. You know, don't worry about what they're going to say. And don't, you don't have to bless the sin they're in. And the guy could be telling you, man, I messed up on drugs. and I'm, It's just not working. Don't pray that drugs start working. Pray that, God, you would be their source. You would be their peace, their joy, their comfort. Be that substance they're looking for. And, God, we pray for love. They're going to eat that up. Because it's going to mark up, it's going to call them out. You're like, that's right. That's why I do drugs. That's why I drink. I'm trying to fill a void in my life. And they're going to get them thinking. There's nothing wrong with them taking home and thinking about what you've been saying. Let it go over and over and over again in their head. Let them just feel encouraged about it. Let them feel excited. Um, it's okay to um, just not dive in right away in the beginning. Tidbits are awesome. We're going to talk about this a little bit later, but it's soaking. It's leaving a little bit here, a little bit there, and it's soaking in. It, it just gets small portions built up over time and allows them to see you between your words, to see your actions. Okay, yeah, Mike, I just prayed over me, and this is a great faith, but I want to see what he's like the next week at the gym or see how he really is at work or see how he is being my neighbor. He speaks encouraging things, but is he encouraging to his family? Is he encouraging to the next person, or did he just be nice to me? They're listening and they're watching. And so let it build up over time. Let them see the words you're saying are actually what you believe in and what you partake in and want to be a part of. There was a brother, I say brother because I'm not using real names here, but it's like he was a pretty rough kid at the, at the gym. Kind of all tatted up, kind of had a mouth, definitely liked all kinds of girls and was definitely going through situations. And it was just, he was rough. But I was like, you know what, I kind of like that workout he's doing. So I walked over and I was like, dude, can you show me? what you're doing there? He's like, yeah, sure, sure. And he showed me a workout. And he goes, well, I meant to ask you like two weeks ago. I saw what you did for triceps. Can you explain why you did it that way? And so we just started a little simple conversation. Next thing you know, we're just lifting together every day. And we're hanging out at the gym and we're just, he's telling his story. I'm telling my story. We're just focusing back and forth. And I, I stayed straight up. I was like, you know what? This is you know what we're doing. This is accountability. I'm going to push you until you fail on that. But I'm here to help you with that weight. I'm going to get off your chest. You're going to push me on leg day? I hate leg day. It's like, you're going to make me do extra weights? And if I fail, you're going to help me get off there. But that's what accountability is. You lay until the person fails and you help them get up. He's like, I'm going to continue to help you outside of the gym. He's like, okay, dude, that's, that's cool. And I kind of left it there and walked away. I think he thought about it because he challenged me. So he, uh, he gave me a text. He goes, hey, I need to move this Saturday. Can you help me move? I hate moving. I hate helping people move because you know it's going to happen. You show up there, everything's still in the dressers. Nothing's out of the cupboards. I'm like, man, this one-hour thing becomes six hours. So I, I did anyway, and I showed up. We're there, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, so who else is coming? He's like, I text 20 people, and you're the only one that volunteered. Okay, let's do this. But he got me involved, got me a part. 
Next thing I know, he'll text me. He goes, hey, my daughter is having a birthday. Do you want to come to the party? I never met his daughter. I didn't even know he had a daughter because it's to another girl. I'm like, all right. So I told Carrie, he's like, hey, we're going to go to this birthday party. I have no idea what it's like. We're just going to see what happens. If we can, just give a gift or get out of there. We show up, and he's introducing us to everybody. This is my buddy from the gym. This is who I hang out with. This is the guy who helped me move. Next thing we know, we meet his stepmom, his true mom, his his dad. I don't know who the other guy was. I'm meeting this other guy. I, I'm like, they're trying to hand me a beer. Like, no, that's all right. It's, we're good. It's just like, and next thing you know, he, I'm getting passed around. And I'm like, I, I don't know what's going on here. And I look and Carrie's over there with the women. She doesn't even know half these women. She recognized someone and they're all talking about, oh, I love how you did your hair. Talking about babies. And next thing you know, we are the center of the party. This poor little four-year, three-year-old girl was supposed to be there celebrating and everyone's talking to us. It wasn't even our party. I only knew one person, the guy. That was it. And next, you know, we had this whole area of influence. And to this day, when you still see those people, they stop and acknowledge us. Hey, I remember you from so-and-so's party. <laughs> yeah, that was two or three years ago. <laughs> I was scared to death. <laughs> They're like, that was, was great meeting. How are the kids doing? All right, we, we have one. We had one. Now we have three. That always starts a conversation. Why do you have three under three? It's just God's blessing us. We're having a time of our life. I love my wife, and we're God's faithful. And it just opens more and more doors. But it's just amazing the doors that opened up. I remember the first time we'd started small groups for youth. Um, we called it the Far East. I had the Muncie Hughesville area and all that. And it was just a couple of the goods. I think only two of them at the time. Um, the McCarty's and I think one other person. There was like four or five of us. And we sat down and I was like, here's the deal, guys. We're going to pray. We're going to outreach. We're going to be examples. I want you to invite your sports teams. I want you to invite your classmates, your coworkers. Have them come to small groups. Let's just check it out. Let's just see what God can do. We started with five, all right? At one time, we did an outreach meeting. Over 55 kids showed up. That's how much we were building up. To this day, and that's probably 10 years ago, there's still a couple kids that recognize me. I'll be at Target, and one kid's like, you were at that bonfire at the Goods house. Yeah, supposedly you were too. <laughs> Sorry, I don't recognize you. He's like, I remember you praying at the end. That was awesome. And I'm like, it's crazy the tidbits we we're leaving behind. I remember when we switched and I had to leave my life group and go to another one at our house. We changed our community zones, did the same thing. I was like, okay, guys, we're going to do a gingerbread house party. And some of the guys are like, what? And I'm like, believe me, let's make this work. Invite someone. You have to bring a friend. To this day, there's a guy that lives four blocks away. Every time he sees me, he acknowledges me. He gives me a high five. He's giving me a hug and Wegmans. I don't, I can't remember his name, but he remembers me from the party. He goes, I still remember the awesome times we had at your home. I left an impact there. Finding out, I didn't realize he came from a broken home. I didn't realize his brother abused him. He needed a brother to look up to. Didn't realize his parents were separated, and he just wanted to feel some love. And so he knows every time he sees me, he can get that love. And that's what we need to be. We need to be that resource. We need to be that foundation. We need to be that stability. And that's what people are really searching for, because God's going to use us to tear down walls and make opportunities. They're going to be so awesome. Um. Brother Mel High was here. This is a long, long time ago. And he, did, he said this little thing. It just rocked my world. And he's like, I'm going to make this number up. He goes, but what if it takes seven people, Christians, to interact with someone before someone's life gets changed? It's just as important to be number seven as the one through six is. Because if one through six doesn't do their job, how can number seven? Who knows what that number is? Maybe for God it's three. Maybe it's 22. Maybe it's 100. But the reality is, I want to be one of those numbers. I want to be just as part of that situation, leaving that little tidbit behind and be able to just change their atmosphere. 
Um, and I've seen this happen. You know, another guy at the gym, he stopped me and he's like, he's like, dude, I'm having a bad day. My girlfriend and I are breaking up. And he's crushed. I'm like thinking, dude, none of us thought you were going to make it. It's no big deal. But even his center friends were like, this was a lost cause. There was just a hookup. I'm being serious. We knew it wasn't going to And this guy's totally crushed. So then one day I stopped by his house, and he's been down and wasn't talking to anybody for like two weeks. And I'm like, dude, what's going on, man? He's like, no one loves me. This is a grown 20-some-year-old. I was like, all right, dude, can I pray for you? Okay. So, seriously, that's how it was. I'm like, I lay my hand on him. I was like, God, I just pray right now you touch his brother. Let him feel peace tonight. Let him feel comfort. There is more to life than this. This is just a, a, a trip up. And God, I pray that you continue just to touch this brother's life. That's all it was simple. He looked at me and goes, so I'm not even from this state. And where I lived, I went to the same situation. And I went to a friend at school, and he prayed that same prayer over me. I was like, really? And he goes, then I moved to North Dakota because that's where my job was. And I went through a similar situation, and I found a guy, and he offered prayer. He goes, that was the exact same prayer he prayed over me. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm number three. All right, who's number four? And who knows what's going to happen? But I started, I got this huge smile. He goes, why is that so funny? I was like, I just know I'm doing my part. I just know God's faithful. I know this guy's, this guy's going to change. I know he's going to change. God has this number. God's doing things. If, if three of us have already said the same exact prayer, and I'll be very honest, I didn't feel anything spiritual. I was like, all right, let's just cover this guy in prayer and get out of here. I just said what I felt. And it was like, God was still using us. And it's the same words. God, we want to be one through six. It's just important as being number seven. We had a church. It's not that far from here. We fellowship with a, a lot. And one of the brothers called me. He's like, can I talk to you a second? He's like, I don't know how to deal with this. I'm like, all right. He's like, I was discipling a guy, and it, things were going great. He's like, he got baptized. Um, he got saved. He got even filled with the Holy Spirit. We're six months in. All of a sudden, he's dropped off and started doing his own thing. I'm like, all right. And he goes, so I know you deal with failure a lot because a lot of your guys you witness to aren't getting saved. How do you deal with failure? I was like, you know what? No one's ever told me that before. And it caught me off guard. And for a second there, I was almost insulted. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a failure. Then it reminded me about Brother Malsa. I was like, you know what, dude? You're totally off. I was like, I'm member one through six. He's like, what's that mean? So I explained it to him. I was like, you did your part. You've interacted. You know, he even got excited and got part, got in closing and got his life changed with Christ. And he fell down. That's all right. But still be there. He's going to come back around. Right? He's going to remember, I don't, I don't want this again. Maybe it's not you. Maybe it'll be someone else. And you did your part. Two years later, this guy called me. He goes, dude, guess who saved again and back at church? It took two years. And I was like, did you pray for him? He goes, I prayed for him every day. He goes, I found out his aunt got a hold of him and talked about the gospel again. I was like, number seven. Number seven. And it's just as exciting for that aunt as it is for you, bro. And he starts, I can hear him crying on the phone. He's like, dude, you're right. And he goes, sorry, you're not a failure. I was like, I know I'm not. Don't ever call me that again. All right? But that's the way, and seriously, I mean, kind of, we chalk ourselves up that way. We look at ourselves that way. We criticize ourselves that way. And here the whole time, we're planting and watering. Planting and watering. So here's some tidbits I'm going to go over. Things that I've learned that are going to help. All right? Number one, use what God has given you as a way in. What's this mean? Use your kids. Use your pets. Use your plants. Maybe your car, your toys, your hobbies, recreation, sports, or activities. Whatever it is to get that connection with the person, 
That's how you get in the door. All right, I have kids. We go to the park. There are other parents there with kids. Automatically, we're like, I have something similar. I mean, there's some dads there who don't really want to be there. I'm like, hey, isn't it awesome? The kids love this. Yep. I was like, oh, you got the short and the stick. Yep. My wife's staying home, and I know she's watching TV. <laughs> I'm like, dude, isn't it awesome to be here with your kids? It kind of looks at me funny. I was like, I don't know, man. I was like, I just love hanging out with my kids. I love being here with my family. My wife's right over there, the cute redhead over there, holding the other baby. And he's like, oh, you have three? I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I only have one. Why am I complaining? But it's just, but it opens the door. Next time I'm there, the guy makes a beeline. Hey, buddy, you're back here again. I, all I did was acknowledge him. The third time we're there, they start waving. They'll drive by and start waving. I made this connection just acknowledging them. Something my dad's really good at is sports. If you walk in with a t-shirt and all it says is the word wrestling, he hunts you out. Like, wrestling, did you do it? No, my dad just gave me the shirt. All right, doesn't matter. Let's talk about wrestling. And he'll get right in there. If you wear an Eagles shirt and they did terrible today, and you wear, you're bold enough to wear it on a Monday, my dad would be like, man, you're brave to wear that T-shirt in public. And at first you're startled, but next thing you know, he's talking to about Philadelphia. Next thing you know, we're talking about food. Next thing you know, we're talking about vacations. Next thing you know, we're talking about his family. He's just so good at that. And I try to be the same way. I was like, I know nothing about cars. If I've seen one, I was like, oh, did you work on this? He's like, yeah, that's why the hood's up. I'm working on it right now. All right, just, just check in. I was like, this is awesome. I don't know anything about it, but who taught you this? My grandfather. And then next time we're in the conversation, we're talking about our grandparents and what they did. And I find out that the grandparents had a, a godly background. And I was like, you know what? I'm pretty sure not meeting them, your grandparents were praying for you. Next thing you know, he's choking right up because I know they had been. He said, sometimes I can almost hear my grandmother pray overnights. I'm having bad days. Slowly, just leaving tidbits. We're numbers one through six, just leaving impacts. You know, I always talked about using the gym and then I, as where God was using me a lot, but I don't go to the gym anymore, so I start using the park. And I know some of you guys are thinking, well, if you go to the park, your kids are going to hear a language. We really got nothing in common. Okay, first of all, you're at the park. And the people at the park have kids. You already have things in common. You're both the situation there, and you both have kids. So then start going off from that. Talk about what do you think about the school district? How are you raising your kids up? And then start sharing how you raise your kids. And then show them what's worked and, and what teachers you have similar with and how things have worked out. And next thing you know, you're going to have coffee together. Next thing you know, you're going to have them over for pizza. Next thing you know, you're going to watch a football game. And you're going to start building relationships and watch what God can do. People know us because of our dog. All right? We live in a corner a lot. We become the, the dangerous, nicest dog in the neighborhood. At first, he'll bark and kind of jump up, but everyone's intimidated, and next thing you know, they're just being loved on. And everyone makes a compliment. Your dog is awesome. He's loud, but he's awesome. Yeah. What kind of dog do you have? We know people by their dogs, not by their name. I'm being dead serious, but it's like, oh, here comes the poodle. It's, it's my dog's girlfriend. She walks in. He gets so excited. He's prancing around. He's showing a strut. He's trying to jump the fence. And I don't know this lady by name, but I know her by her poodle. And we always say, hey, have a good day. Laurie, my daughter. Hey, hi. They don't acknowledge. I'm talking to you. You with the dog. I'm saying hi. No one ignores that. If a three-year-old says hi to you and you keep blowing them off, you got issues. <laughs> so next thing they're turning around, like, hey, hi. And then she's like, what's your name? And you can tell they get a little intimidated because, like, they're getting stranger danger from a three-year-old. So I'll walk out. It's like, it's all right. Sorry, sorry. She just loves not everybody. And she's like, she's not weird. Um, and they're like, no, we love her smile. 
She, I walk this way because I just love seeing your children in the backyard. We love seeing out there playing together. We, they always acknowledge us. They're coming just to get acknowledged by a three-year-old. Come on, they're open. They are ready. They want love. Next thing you know, you're at the fence talking. 20 minutes later go by. It's like, what? God, God, what are you doing? You're slowly opening doors. You're allowing opportunities to happen. So many times, Carrie and I have talked from our fence and been able to impart in people's lives. We have neighbors that just moved in, and still, I can't get their name straight. They can't get my name straight. That's all right. But every time they see us, I can tell they're looking for the kids. They're looking over there. They're like, darn it. All right. Next time I come out, hey, Laurie, hey, Ezra. It's like they just making that connection. Use your kids as a way to get in. I said plants because it's like we've done this. We go on walks and we see a bush or a plant or a flower we really like. We'll acknowledge it. Hey, this is awesome. What is this? And next thing you know, we're in a conversation with them for like 20 minutes. Just talking about family life. Next thing you know, we're talking about, hey, this is what God's been doing in our life. And they're like, oh, that's, that's interesting. Well, maybe we can get together again. Let's talk about plants next time. Where do you live? We want to see what plants you have. It just opens the door, and don't be shocked what God does with that. And that's the first one. Let's move on. Number two, put your guard down and reveal how you've been changed. This is a tough one. This really requires us to be humbling, but it's, not, it's just like sharing your testimony. Hey, I, I used to live this way. I've been lost. I've been confused. I looked at other sources to, to satisfy me. But what happened was when I met Christ, he became my satisfaction. He became my joy. He, I, I've been filled with peace like never before. Just share little things in your life. It's okay to share what you've done in the past. You don't need the full rundown. You don't need the police report. You don't need to tell them everyone you hurt. You don't need like that. You can be like, you know what? I've been in that situation. I know what it feels like. This is what God's done in my life. Um, share when they're in doubt. Share your experience of fear. All right? These are real things. We all experience doubt and fear. And share what happens when you've been upset. How you dealt with it then and how you deal with it now. And it really just opens the door because it's, you're speaking reality. Everyone has doubt, everyone has fear, and everyone gets upset. But they hear how you're dealing with it, it really makes an impact in their life. Number three, with sinners, we should be able to be positive. This, is, this gets a little different. Can you compliment a sinner? Can, think about it. I know I'm kind of being weird right now, but can you give praise to someone? Can you... Can you acknowledge someone who identifies different than you? I have no problem, and I'm saying this right from the pulpit, from telling a homosexual, I like that t-shirt. It doesn't mean I'm trying to join the team. It doesn't mean they're influencing me. I'm inf saying, hey, I acknowledge you, and I like what you have on there. You know? I don't care if you're a different political party than me, and you have everyone I'm voting against in your front yard. I'll say, you know what? You have an awesome yard. What's your secret? There's nothing wrong with that. It is being positive, it's being influenced, and it automatically tears down any walls they pre-presumed of you, even the ones you pre-presumed of them. I like what I, there's a quote, um, there's a guy, I follow a lot of gym stuff, his name's Devin. He says, I try to compliment someone as soon as I see them. Just being positive sets the tone for all your conversation. This is a Christian guy, and he's just been really used for influence. He did a marathon doing the bear crawl. If you know what that is, look it up. But bear crawls are very tough and very hard to do. And he did a whole marathon that way. And it's really opened the door because it's so impressed the lifting world. He's had opportunities to talk to a lot of influencers and a lot of people out there who've done a lot of great things. And it's just, he goes, I take the opportunity to be able to sit down and talk about Christ. I love it. It's such a cool thing out there. Just using what he's had and being positive. So compliment the clothes. Maybe they're a really good singer. And maybe you know, like, she's rough. 
I mean, she's had different guys over all the time. But you've heard her singing voice? I love it when you sing. You can't compliment her. She's so bad. There's a guy there every weekend. Yes, you can. Because the moment she hears that, she's like, thank you. And the next thing you're talking about other things. And it builds a relationship where next time you need to speak in their life, they're going to accept it. Because you've already looked at them and said, we want to become friends. I accept you. We're going to move forward with that. This is what I would love to do with my neighbors. Because we have some rough neighbors. We have some people that just aren't always the best. And it's just, we have some great ones too. Let me get that, make that straight. Um, we love the Allisons. <laughs> no, they're, they're two blocks down. But uh, we just love our neighborhood too. But it's just, there's some rough people. And, and there's people doing things I totally disagree with. But every time I see them, I try to be positive and acknowledge and it's just really opened so many doors. Number four, speak practical, modern-day advice from Scripture. I'm not talking, talking King James Version. All right, you're totally going to lose that person. But there's nothing wrong with referencing a Scripture we talk. You know, I've read in the Bible, this is what God says to do. Or I've read, this is how Jesus dealt with the situation. Um, even explain your prayer devotional life. All right, it really opens the door, and it really tears down. Um, I want to read James 1, or sorry, James 3.17. In the New King, James, New King James, it says, But the wisdom that is from above is first, first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. The wisdom comes from above. It's pure, peaceable, gentle, willing. This is what we're doing when we're impacting those around us. We are just showing the love of Christ. It opens, it tears down so many walls, opens so many doors, and it's just going to be shocking how God's going to use you. Number five, allow the, them to speak back into your life. Allow a sinner to speak back in your life. What's that mean? You know, maybe he's a rough dude, and maybe you know he's, I'm just being real, you know, impurity is a big deal right now, and it's all around us, but maybe he's sleeping with other women. If he's a mechanic, I have no problem asking him about Hey, what do I do about this with my car? What do you think about this? I've asked a homosexual health advice. He, he, that's his degree. He's really good. I was like, dude, when you eat this, what's this do to your stomach? He'll explain it to you. He's like, well, actually, it makes you bloat, blah, blah, blah. This is why people have problems. What do you suggest? And he'll tell me what to eat. Why do I do that? Because I want to interact with them. I'm not going to push something, push, I push something, and not, because if you don't take anything from them, they don't want to talk to you anymore. Maybe their profession is painting. Hey, I'm getting ready to paint my house. What do you think of that? There's nothing wrong with getting advice from them. We chalk up this thing, you got to listen to me, I'm not going to listen to you. And I know I'm being like straightforward, kind of blunt, but we do it in our minds not even knowing it. And so the moment you kind of, you find that tidbit, find something in the area. It's like, you know what, can you help me at this area? And then let me pour into your life too. Let me share what God's on my life. Just leave little tips of, of advice there. Um, a prime example of that is... Um, when we first moved there, it was just me. I wasn't married then. I had some couple guys there. And we had this very, very strong German neighbor. Really had issues with Jews. And I didn't know this. Bought the place and everything. And I didn't know a Jewish family owned the house before me. And so the first thing he says to me, he's like, what's your name? So I said, I'm Micah Weinberg. He, he went cross-eyed. He goes, you're all the same. Just taking over the neighborhood. Stay on the other side of the school. And I, at first I was like, whatever. I was like, didn't know what I meant. So I left to go and went back in. And next day I'm outside and I'm like, hey, I can't remember his name. And he's like, don't talk to me. Your type aren't welcome here. I'm like, I'm white. What's my type? I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. He's white. I don't, this is new. So whatever. So the third day happens and he made it very clear. 
he just wasn't happy with the Jews. And he knows we're all on the same team and everything. I was like, hmm, this is me being Micah. I'm going to take advantage of this. Went out the store, got some Jewish stars, hung it up on all my windows facing his house. <laughs> Every time I saw, saw him, shalom, just messed with him for three weeks. Just taunted this guy. He gets so burnt up and everything. And it just, he would say words I can't say from here to me and everything like that. And it just, I kind of did the opposite of what should be doing. I built up this wall. On the third week, he was outside. His wife fell down off the back porch. And he's trying to help her. He couldn't help her up. I ran over and helped her up. He kind of looked at me and goes, you know, I hate you. I go, I know. I was like, let me just confess something. I'm not who you think I am. And I'm kind of insulted that you would just judge someone that moves next door and assume just because of my name. Why do I have a Jewish name? I have no idea. We spelled German. Does that help you feel any better? What? So I spelled it out. And he's like, we really wine bark, but we changed the name back in the history because it's easier for us to get in the nation as a Jew than it was as a German. As soon as I talk about the history, that wall broke down. You know, shortly after that, he started calling me over. I'm helping him with his yard. I'm mowing. He wants to pay me. I'm like, no, apples. He had had this, his son had apple trees and always had this box of apples. Can I just have some apples? I would shovel for him. I got to pay you. Nope, that's all right. Oreo cookies would show up my front door. We just built this relationship. Next thing I know, his kids were living all over the nation. There's one who's like, works for NASA. There's a judge in another state. Another guy works for security for every place. All the kids are coming home to visit, and they come right to my house. Like, what have you done? All my father talks about is you, this non-Jewish guy. And I'm like, you don't have to, please stop saying that. <laughs> it's like, but like, he's been so hard, but you, something's changed in his life. Just because I, I had to confess, dude, I messed with you. I'm so sorry. I should not have done that. But the truth is, I just want to love on you and be here for you. And we built such an awesome relationship. You know, they moved on and his wife's passed away. But to this day, that, that's really taught me, just change the atmosphere. Just love on them. Watch what happens. I was like, because I did the opposite. And it really does cause problems down the road. But it really, what happens when you are faithful and loving, God really will use that to be a blessing. Um, number six, offer to pray during the circumstance. Right there. It doesn't matter what they're going through. Let's pray right now. You know, they're going to complain about a relationship, and I even hit on this a little bit, even if it's ungodly. I'm sleeping with this girl, and it's just like, it's just not working out. I'm just so frustrated. All right, let me pray for you. I mean, I already talked about that. But let's just be dead serious. Pray faith over their life. Pray love over their life. You don't have to have an altar call. Um, you know, they're going to remember that they were covered, and they're going to think about what you've been praying over them. And when you do pray, there's been opportunities where I've heard them say, man, did you feel that? I'm like, no. What, what did you feel? Like, it just... I just feel like something lifted, or I just feel such a peace, or I just feel such a, such a strength. That's your opportunity to be like, that's God. He loves you. He's showing up right now with this simple prayer. He's letting you know he's here. I've seen some grown just break down in tears instantly from that opportunity. He's here right now. He's reminding you he loves you so much he wants to be part of your life. And God, it just does so much. No one turns down prayer. It just it blows my mind how it opens up. Uh, number seven, always leave the door open for further planting and watering. What do I mean by that? Um, a lot of times they're going through a situation, I always go, this is how I would handle it. And kind of give godly principle a little bit and, and kind of share with them. If they do it right and it works, congratulate them, acknowledge it. If they do it wrong, 
Don't be like, I told you so. If they do it wrong, it's okay. But they're going to come to you again next time because they're going to realize, wow, that advice Micah gave me last time was actually correct. Let's try them again this time. But how many times have we shut them down because they didn't listen the first time? Let them come back. Maybe they'll make a mistake a third, fourth, fifth time. Every time they come back to you, you'll be like, dude, I've told you eight times now. All right? Not to do this. I'm not going to change my advice. I could talk that way. We're like, bro, we talked about this before. This is what you asked me for my opinion. This is what I feel you should do. Maybe by the eighth time, it'll click. Sorry, I know I said bro. Maybe it's a girl too. All right, women, you're talking to other women out there. And there's been times like that. I've been talking to a lot of people out here. Over and over and over again, I've tried to talk to this person in life. They're not listening. Don't stop. Never stop. I know at a young age, my mom had a friend. Um, she was not feeling well and very sick and ill, and I didn't really understand the whole thing. But every night, I prayed for her body. Every night. When I say every night, I mean six years every night. And my parents were like, do you want to pray for anything else new? It's like, anything else going to? It was always, God, please touch Melanie's body. God, help Melanie come back to you. And after I turned 12, I found out that uh, she passed away. I'm like, man. And no one ever knew anything. Like, she passed away at the hospital. It wasn't until I was 15. Mom and I were at a grocery store, and this old lady showed up and was talking to my mom. My mom goes, hey, do you know who this is? I'm like, no idea. And she's like, this is Melanie's mom. And uh, she turned around, she's like, hey, young man. She's like, I heard um, that you prayed for Melanie. She goes, I think you should know this by now. The night before she died, she gave her heart to the Lord. I was 15, and I was crying in a grocery store. That's humbling. Because I really thought this blew it, and I really didn't want to pray for people like that again. And I'm like, six years of praying, so worth it. I'd pray another 12 years if I already knew the answer. And that's how we should have the attitude today. Pray, pray. Plant seeds every time. Keep watering. Don't worry if you see results now. It's coming. God's word's faithful, and it's going to be shown through. And that's why it's such a key. I grasp it every time I move forward and just keep using it as an example. Number eight, make them feel a part of the family. This is huge. When people feel included or feel a part, it puts responsibility on them. We have people not family members and not even in the body of Christ that we've allowed our kids to call them aunts and uncles. Why? It makes it feel apart. The moment they hear that, they got responsibility. Oh, man, i got to act a little better around these kids. They're really looking up to me. Man, i got to, th- this is cool. I, m- my family's so broken up. Carrie and Micah want me, I feel apart. They're calling me brother and sister without, there's no blood relation. They're inviting me over for dinner. We're watching stuff. It breaks down all these walls. Next thing you know, they're asking you for advice about some of the simplest, dumbest things. It's like, hey, i got this large some income, what should I do with this? Record it. Let them get the taxes from it. Because if you don't, you're going to pay for that later. Are you sure? Because they're not going to find out about it. I'm telling you, man, you're going to want to do this. All right. They'll look at my kids over there. I'm going to listen. Let's do this. It kind of allows you to kind of import, import more into their lives. Once you feel a part, you want to be able to be influ- a good influence too. And just be such a good family. And it really causes a lot. It just... Someone might think, well, if I call them aunt and uncle, that means that we back up what they're doing. Not at all. Do you back up all what your aunt and uncles are doing? I don't. All right? I've been to plenty of family holidays. I'm like, all right, kids, you guys see some things? I mean, they're young. They're like, what, daddy? But I'm already practicing. We're not going to acknowledge all this. We don't support all this. I'm waiting for these conversations we're going to have with our kids. Like, this is, this is family time. We're going to love on them. doesn't mean we back up everything. So we do with our own family. Why can't we do outside of our family? Let them feel apart. 
Number nine, our last one with those points here is make every destination a chance to witness. All right, be the one through six. Even if it's a temporary situation, it might be with the waitress. It could be with the bank teller. It could be with the gas pump person at Sheets. It could be the person at the gym you might only see once. It could be someone who is visiting your neighbor. Make every destination an opportunity. You want us to leave little tidbits in there. And now we get into our theme. The story of the carrot, the egg, and the coffee bean. And in this situation, we're going to put all all three things in boiling water. We're going to make it very uncomfortable situations. And so if you're the carrot, at first you're strong and unrelenting. But after being subject to boiling water, you become softened and weak. You actually know it's like, I'm not good enough. I don't have enough money. I'm not pretty enough. And your confidence is shot because you're in that situation where it just affects you and really messes you up. Then you're the egg. You know, you're fragile in the beginning, but after being boiling water, you become hardened. And you're going from, I hate the news, I hate politics, I hate government, I hate social media, and I'm not talking to anybody. They're just messing me up. And it just, it's just not good. No one wants to be around a bad egg. Dad jokes, all right? Anyways, then there's the coffee bean. The moment you put in the boiling water, the coffee bean changed the water. It wasn't clear water anymore. It became brown. We are influenced all right, we're the coffee bean. We're the one that changes the atmosphere. And in real life, this just happened like literally like last week. I'm like, this is awesome, right? My sermon is really happening. Um, I, I work here in Montoursville or at home because we're still teleworking, but sometimes I have to go to Harrisburg. I'm only supposed to go like once every other week or once a month, depending on the schedule. I had to go three times this week. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Why are they doing this to me? So Thursday, my boss called. I was like, hey, did you get this work done? I'm like, no, I got way behind you. Maybe travel to Harrisburg all these times. I was like, and he could kind of tell my tone. I was a little frustrated. He's like, do you know why I made you come down? I was like, yeah, you're just trying to make me sure. I know you're the boss, and I'm listening. He's like, no. He's like, when you're there, staff works differently. He's like, the atmosphere is different. He goes, my attitude's different. He goes, I just wanted to see if I could figure it out. So that's why I had to come three days in a row. He goes, today's Thursday. He goes, I hate work. He goes, I need to come back down here. I'm like, dude, I can't keep coming down to Harrisburg. But the fact that he acknowledged that, there was something in there that triggered. He saw something, and it's been changing the atmosphere there. And I honestly didn't even do anything special. I didn't witness that week. I didn't, but I just shared love. I had a good attitude. My one coworker there, after I found I got hired, he's part of my staff. Everyone's like, oh, good luck with so-and-so. Like, what's that supposed to mean? He's like, he hates life, he hates people, and he hates younger people in their management, and he's not going to like you. I'm like, all right, great. I can't wait for this job. Walk right up, acknowledge him, shake his hand, and we get talking. To this day, I'm the only person to get him to say sorry. There's been several times I made a mistake. I'm like, hey, buddy, we need to work this. Oh, I'm sorry about that. The other management behind me are like, he said sorry. He's never apologized. How are you going to do that? I don't know. I'm human. I call him every day, ask how his family's doing. I touch base, even I'm teleworking, I'm messaging him, hey, is everything going all right? I don't stick to work, I wanna be part of his life. I wanna know how he's doing. And it's opened so many doors. This is one of the hardest guys at work, everyone to like him, he's become one of our best workers. His turnaround times are unbelievable. He's going off the charts, our units is crushing it. And my staff hired me, is like, what are you doing different? I'm loving on him. I'm taking 10 extra minutes out of my time at work day and just loving on him. It's making such a huge difference. And we want to be the coffee bean here. We want to make sure that we are influencing him. And I talked about this before. Let it a little bit soak in. Let it be part. If you're a coffee lover, you know what I mean. Let it bloom. 
all right? Put the hot water in there and let that chemical rise a little bit. Let it bloom. Let it just kind of change in there and let it get the coffee beans ready. And then you pour in more, a little bit more. And next thing you know, you got this product. It's just, it just tastes amazing and it's ready. We're going to move on. I can only imagine, um, you read here in the Bible, and it, it read in the Bible, read in the beginning in the Bible, it says that Jesus went to Matthew's house. Why was that key? He picked Matthew because he knew if he could get to Matthew's house, he would get the attention of all those sinners and all those other tax collectors and the prostitutes. They, he got to his circle of friends. And so that's what's important. We have key people in our life that God's trying to set up because you're supposed to influence those around them. You're going to affect their circles. And I know we're carrying on here, and I've got to be finishing up here, but this is for real. This is what really happened. I remember I went to the gym once, and there's this guy at the front desk, and he's just living his life, and I'm just trying to get to know him, and I found out his love language is touch. At the gym, that's the worst example to show love at the gym is touch. But he worked in the counter. It's like, all right, so every time I came around, I always gave him a hug, and I knew he, he didn't care what anyone else did around or thought about it. He absorbed that and take over it in. So I just kept kind of patting it back, kept doing it. Two weeks go by. He's like, you know what, dude? He's like, there's someone else I want to meet. I want you to meet. He's my roommate. I think you're going to like. I just love your positive attitude. You're going to like what this kid did. So I met his roommate. And this kid, 350 pounds at one time. He lost over 200 pounds. And he looks really good. I said, Excel, I'm acknowledging him. He likes hearing words of edification. I was like, dude, that's awesome what you did in your life. I love seeing your transformation of pictures. I love... You know, just seeing that you were dedicated and took part. None of these guys are saved. I'm just pouring into them. And a couple weeks go by, and he's like, you know what, man? I think you're going to like my one friend. I want to meet this guy. He does the same job you do. So I met his friend. We don't do the same job. I don't know how you got that mixed up. We didn't do nothing similar at all. But next thing I know, I'm befriending him, and he's not from the area. And so I just realized he misses home life. He misses just having that family time. And so Carrie's helped me out. We've made meals for him. We've had him over to hang out, and it's just loving on him. And next thing I know... We're just making great bonds. And he goes to me, he goes, oh, Micah, I have a friend that has a lot of stuff that he gets at a discount, and he's been using it, and he's been trying to bless others. And he goes, he tried to give it to Salvation Army, and they shipped it to Philadelphia. He gave it to Goodwills, and they shipped it to another store. He's so mad, he goes, he told me to find someone who will be local here. You know the new printers we have back in the church we check in are from this center, this guy? You know, we have an air conditioner unit at the OC because of this guy. You know, I, it was like, this is because of the layers of relationships I'm making. Now I'm dealing with four people, and I'm hitting their circles too. And it's slowly changing the atmosphere. And God's doing great things, and he's slowly helping us take over the city. And I remember reading the Bible when, um, when, when the, Israel would defeat a nation. They went and got the plunder. That's what's happening. We're getting all these free items. We're getting blessed here because the enemy's been turned around and he's trying to use that stuff. I know it's simple things, air conditioner. They could make him money off it and buy, honestly, this kid would probably buy drugs with it. He'd probably use it to buy a fancier car. But he decided, I want to help this church. I want to help you guys out. And so it's changing the atmosphere. And so make sure you're making a connection with each one of these people. Make sure they, make, they feel a part. And don't be surprised what God's done. There is a life group happening. They're going to talk about the love language. Let's hit on two of them right there. If you want to get to know more about that, about the touch and edification, join that life group. There's a commercial for it. Boom, we're done with that. Um, I'm going to sign up. All right, let's move on. This is where I'm going to finish up with. A large portion of Jesus' ministry was the lost. He touched the untouchable and loved the unlovely. 
And I'm going to hit these key areas right here. In John 4, Jesus conversed with the despised Samaritan woman. And in Mark 7, it talks about Jesus helps, I'm going to say this wrong, but a Syrophoenician. All right, what's key about these two? Um, both those people felt they didn't belong. They weren't part of the nation. They were inferior. They were sick. They had their own thing. They were an outsider. I think in today's interpretation, we call them immigrants or migrants. They don't feel apart, but they're here for a reason. And I'm not about politics, but I do want to say this. What if God is allowing our southern border to be open because there's so many he's trying to get in here to get saved? And what if that key person becomes a David? What if he becomes a Moses? What if he saves? What if we save a nation? All right, I'm not saying I, I want our laws back up and I want to be protected and I want to make sure we're protected here. But God's allowing it for a reason. When you look past what the news is saying, what the government says, there's someone coming here for a reason. And I want to be a part of that. And I'm going to rejoice if an illegal immigrant gets saved just as much as a, someone who's supposed to be here. They're just as important. And I want to make sure I tear down those walls. I want to make sure we are a blessing. I've been following some pastors down the south. They're like, we're taking advantage of this. They're hungry. They need food. They need clothing. He goes, they are just lives changing. You're not seeing this on the news, but God is doing something. He goes, we are, we've had it change, and now we have Spanish services. We have multiple Spanish services. They went from having one a month to like three a day sometimes because they're growing so quickly. Don't believe everything he's saying there. God knows what he's doing. And you're only, if you're faithful to be a part of it, he'll do it. In Luke 7, it talks about the immoral woman. All right, Jesus talks and touches them. You know, we're seeing that all around. I said so many examples about people sleeping around or not being faithful to their spouse. So there's people out there who um, are addicted to the porn or, or people who drink a lot. And, you know, it's so hard for the church to talk to it because sometimes we've let that stuff in our own church. Because we're afraid. Man, if I call that out, that means i got to be more strict than that. It means i got to be more timid. i got to be more clean about that. But that's the devil just trying to confuse us, use those opportunities to speak into their life, break down those walls. And this is something serious. We have a guy who lives across the river who is famous on social media. I mean, blowing it, tons of followers, because he's using his body that's not pure to God. And I've talked to him several times. Like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, I know my audience is like younger kids and like homosexuals, but it doesn't matter because I'm making the money. And I'm like, what? And he goes, I make a ton of money because I'll be honest with you, it's just not, still not satisfied. I have to figure out the next social media account out there. I got to figure out the next. I'm like, dude, you're messing your life up. You're trying to fill a void that's not there. And he goes, I know. And I'm trying to find that void. Eight times we've talked about the gospel. I'm going to talk another 20 times if I have to, but God's going to see a change. But these people are out there and they're right in their own neighborhoods. And don't be ashamed to be able to witness and speak into their lives that way. Then let's talk about the leper real quick. In Luke 5, Jesus touches a leper. I think this is so vital today because we got COVID. I can only imagine when Jesus would ever talk that le- touch that leper to pray. The disciples are like, no, 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 no. You don't want to touch him. It's contagious. All right. We got COVID. Can we lay hands on someone? Can we pray for them? You know, we just lost um, Sister uh, Paula. From Puerto Rico. She just died this week. She's one of the ministers we helped support. She passed away from COVID. And part of me was like, if I would have known, I would have flown down to Florida and laid hands on her. Because I knew her. Because I loved her. She was my abuela. All right? My grandmother. I'm learning Spanish. Um, She was a huge part of my life. The same way we should treat sinners. We love them so much. We want to see them touched and met. Make it serious. Let's lay hands on some of these people who are really sick. All right? I'm not, don't worry about COVID. We'll let that go. But it could be anything. Let's see God touch and heal them. 
And the last one is Zacharias' house. Or Zacchaeus' house, sorry. He's a liar and the backstabber, backstabber. He's that tax collector. He's that traitor. How many times have we been traded? How many times have we felt hurt and lost? Let's make sure we're touching them too. Forgiveness is vital. Forgive, forgiveness opens so many doors. You're like, what? You're still going to talk to me? It's shocking how much that influences someone's life, how much of an opportunity. I love what's going on right at the pizza shop over there. You're just loving on them. You got all kinds coming out that door, and that's Brother Kurt's cup of tea. It's just acknowledging they're alive and speaking life into them and giving them a pizza pizza on the side. He's just, he's doing it. We could do it too. I just want to be such a huge part. And so as we close here, let's stand up. I know this is kind of long, and, and this is the way Micah talks, but I'm just pretending you're, again, we're sitting at a coffee shop having one-on-one. Are you guys the egg, the carrot, or the coffee bean? And so what? If you're the carrot or the egg, let's become the coffee bean. And so if there's a need here today and you want to change, become the coffee bean, maybe you want to leave something behind, I invite you guys to take advantage of the, of the um, prayer team. We're going to pray with you. But I really want to push this because the holiday season's coming up. It's coming up a lot quicker than you think, guys. And I think this take advantage of this and start having people over during the holidays. Even, it doesn't have to be Thanksgiving Day, do a Friendsgiving. It doesn't have to be Christmas Day, do an after party. All right, Canada has Boxing Day. Why can't we create our own holiday for Christmas too? Let's have another group of people over. But make them feel a part of your life. Let them feel the love and don't be shocked if God does something. I want to end with this quote here um, by Pastor Craig Rochelle. It says, if God met all your expectations, he would never have the opportunity to exceed them. God wants to exceed your expectations. He wants to blow your mind away. And so open your home. Let's win it and don't be shocked about the lives are going to come in. There is such a harvest coming here. We're getting ready for the outreach center. I know we did outreach all summer long. We talked about it. We did the life groups. Then we did a, um, the guy from England. I'm drawing a blank. This is terrible. But we did that whole series there. And I just want to hit it again. This is huge in my heart. And it's something here at the church. And the pastors always felt this. This is what we want to be a part of. And so let every day be a part of your outreach and make a life difference today. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this opportunity to come together and to share. God, I know it's just Micah just shooting the words out, but today, God, I was a donkey that you chose to speak here from the pulpit. And God, I pray that if there was any Balaam's out here that needed direction, that needed to hear from you, God, I pray they take what they heard and take a hope from you. God, those listening online, those listening a month from now or a year from now, I pray this will bless them too. And God, I pray we'd be able to take advantage of our neighborhoods, take advantage of our workplace, and take advantage of our family and see your love come through and see the lives come in. God, we're praying for a harvest like never before. We must see life change after life change after life change. God, we pray for the seats here. God, we pray for multiple services. We pray for the outreach center. We pray for meetings after meetings after meetings. God, you have something awesome here you want to do and let us be part of it. Let us be ready to show Christ through our homes. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Again, if there is an opportunity here and you want to take advantage of it, please get prayer. Prayer team, come on up. We want everyone to feel apart, feel at home. We thank you guys for showing up. Have a great Sunday. Take advantage of the weather and go Steelers. Amen. Have a good day.